what's going on. December 29th, 4.22 p.m. Hope, uh, you know, people who genuinely listen to this for good intention, I hope you had a good holiday. The ones that hate me, you can rot in hell. Not to sound like Trump or anything like that, but you know. Here's some of the songs that I've been. There hasn't been much new releases. I'll probably get to that like eventually, like you know, you know. But there, there, there wasn't new releases. There wasn't that many new releases from from yesterday, also. So I won't have like you know a complicated. So I can kind of you know maybe combine both weeks, maybe. But you know. Sometimes I forget where I shazam these shows from. Sometimes I think Sopranos are breaking back. I've been watching those recently a lot. Long-term parking from Sopranos. That's like the song that plays in the end of this, where Carmela and Tony are in like the in the woods.
do this one. I forget, I forget what scene this was playing in, in Sopranos. I could have sworn this was playing in Sopranos. I can lead this into the topic I'm gonna go into. I'm gonna go into uh, my thoughts on Iron Claw. But this is playing at Kevin Von Erich's wedding uh, in, in in the scene that they're using. I don't know if he actually played at his wedding. I don't know. Frankie Valley, though. I like Frankie Valley. So I saw Iron Claw earlier in the week. Like they, the, the, it, if you know, if you know the, if you know the story, right? If if you know most of the story, because again, like since, you know, um, taking in wrestling discourse, this has always been one of the primary topics, whether it be books, documentaries, um, you know, um, you know, a lot of people just you know doing documentaries. A lot of people, you know, just. It's always been in the discourse, you know what I mean? And it's like one of like the more tragic tales. And then, you know, and then, and then, and then, and if it's not sad enough, like, because I believe, like, you know, this world is run on mafia-level shit, part of me wonders if, like, people aren't driven to that by design. You know what I mean? Like, because everyone's a fucking cog that self-destructs. And it just depressed me more because I can correlate the pressures that are going on with what's currently going on because we're moving more into a fundamentalist, um, you know, um, you know, uh, like, you know, you know, attitude error regression level fucking, uh, mentality. And, you know, and, and again, this had, had a, it, it wasn't like completely accurate with like the timing of the events in the sense they make it seem like Kerry Von Erich, you know, got, 
his like leg amp- his foot amputated like the day he won the NWA title. They also had like situations where like they're explaining that there is kayfabe and what the title means, like why people take it seriously in the real in the real world, and like and and so, so they broke that kind of down a little bit. But then in some scenes when like Kevin Von Erich was supposed to go against a horribly portrayed Ric Flair, which again that was designed for discourse. Every again like some of these movies like again movies are always catering. To the internet, so you always have to go to the internet. Like, and again, sometimes it can be good for like finding out the real fucking story. Like, I I don't mind that kind of stuff to know further of of uh, what really happened. But when it's like, oh look, let's put a bad Ric Flair in there, so what it can go viral on social media, so people can make their fucking stupid jokes when it's done on purpose. It's one thing like to do it by accident, and then people just make jokes. But like now we are in the discourse of having stuff being done stupidly for the purpose of being in the discourse. But like during that scene, Kevin Von Erich was like, suppo- like you know, he um, got DQ'd, right? He got DQ'd in that match, and and the the movie was making it seem like he made a decision on his own, where like. Carrie uh, Von Erich and Fritz Von Erich, like, why'd you do that for? So, like, you know what I mean? I, I say that the best portrayed person was probably Fritz. They didn't shy away from his, like, like mentality, but they also, like, like, you know, kind of cushioned it a little bit by not showing, you know, but, like, you can read, if you, you can read between the lines if you know the fucking story. Because when you, you you find, you know, Kerry Von Erich dead, you know, attacking Fritz Von Erich would, you know, imply that, like, you know, there's, like, built-up family animosity there. You know what I mean? Even though Kevin Von Erich always says nice things about his dad and shit. Like, even though I, you know, me personally, I just... But the thing is, like, there's a lot of abusive people and billionaires who treat their surrogate kids in the industry like that. Not just in wrestling in the entertainment world. That mentality still exists. Now they just get their fucking cogs online to be the ones who put pressure on these fucking talents. To to sway one way or another. You know, um... It it showed the important accolades at times. They didn't mention one. They, they didn't mention um the other. Like, uh, what was the name? Was it Chris Von Erich? He, they didn't mention him. They didn't show the the Jack, who got killed when he was uh, when he well, not killed. He died by electric electric, uh, like you know being electrocuted. You know when he was young. So Kevin Von Erich didn't get to know him. But then you know, and and they didn't show like the like the deaths. Like you just you know. They didn't show the like the gruesome scenes or anything like that. You just saw the effects between um, Mike and David, basically. I felt bad for Mike the most, you know. The guy just wanted to be a musician, it seemed, and all that shit, you know. And he was, like, being... And, and again, like, you know, like... John Pollock did a good uh, layout of the history... On it's it's on the post wrestling uh, you know they did a good review of the of the show anyways as well on on their Patreon, but for like you know the for people that are on the YouTube they put he put on like you know an audio uh, documentary in a way of uh, of the history of of what the film you know left out and like, just the whole history of that shit so 
Yeah, and plus you can watch the dark side of the rings and all that kind of shit to get further history. That's like one of the more recent things that I watched. Um, you know, it was, a, it was the first season they covered that, which felt like forever ago now. But I, I, I thought everyone did well in the movie. I thought Zac Efron did really good. I, I think he would have been the common consensus, and I, I kind of agree that he should have played, um, you know, Carrie Von Erich, and maybe Jeremy Allen White should have played Kevin. You know, because they made it seem like you know. Like Zach Efron was like, I don't mean, I wasn't around for when you know the the, the you know the Von Erich were around, but I, I from pictures I've seen, like I've never really seen, uh, like you know Kevin Von Erich look like that. They briefly covered, they they briefly had MJF as Lance, which was supposed to be like, like the like you know the the kayfabe related cousin because he was the son of Waldo, who was another cave he was the guy that played the Nazi back in the day. Against, you know, I, I, I don't know if he was against Fritz or, or if he was with them, whatever. I, think, I, I, I can never, I can always, I can never, uh, I totally don't, don't know the complete history about that. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it was, uh, you know, I don't know. It focused on the religious aspects of, like, you know, like, you know, faith, whether you want to look at it in a positive or negative. It can be a little bit negative. I can look at it in a bit negative of, like, you know. Like, using it to justify why not to cry. I don't know if that was, like, true, that, you know, you don't cry at funeral. But that mentality, probably, you know, that that, that kind of, you know, it, it kind of like you're putting that mentality that he would, in one line, basically. You know what I mean? It's like, you know. They even incorporate the whole, like, you know, I'm, you know, because I, I first heard the documentary of uh, of Kevin Von Erich saying that, you know, he used to have, he used to be a brother, and now he's not a brother, and then they, and they had like you know a, a nice little thing with the, with his kids like uh, not making him feel bad for crying and saying it's okay to cry, and then they had an afterlife scene where their brother reuniting. And again, I know that could be like seen as like okay, I don't really like I I, I kind of do because it kind of like gives me hope that there's something in the afterlife. Basically, I guess I don't know when I don't know what's going on in the, in 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 our regular world and all that. The Harley Race had good casting. Um, I don't know who that guy was, but that, that was pretty good there, you know. They didn't go into detail about the drug activity that they were into, you know what I mean? That, this is why I, pre I preferred if they had done, like, an HBO miniseries on this. That's, you know what I mean? Because you could have gotten so much out of it, but, you know. But yeah, MJF was only in for like three seconds, you know. I I, I don't I, I, I you, you blink, you would have missed him. But it's a it's a it's a very sad fucking you know um um you know movie. I'm not the best to review movies. Cause I, I I didn't want to take notes on every single fucking thing. But if you're looking for like you know a podcast that you know covered uh, post wrestling would be you know your best bet. They just did a full recap of the paper, of the. Of the of the of the movie, and they did a pretty good job breaking it down. I'm just going off my scattered thoughts because you know, again, I I think for my own fucking you know, uh, for, for my own fucking sanity, because uh, I I'm not, I I I don't do well during the holidays with my irrational fucking shit. Um, you know, I'm getting really depressed. Plus, all the fucking you know the accumulated shit that's gone on in my life. 
um, still hasn't been resolved really, you know what I mean? Even though, like, I feel a bit better than I did last decade or so, uh, it's still a hard fucking time, basically, you know what I mean? And not ever wanting to confront the fucking holidays, so seeing this and then you know uh, you know I'm be and being manipulated and mentally abused most of my fucking life by various amounts of fucking people seeing like you know a movie about that kind of mental abuse that is instilled right and plus seeing how it uh, is playing out in modern times even though we like to think that we're better than the past I, I, you know sometimes it's debatable even It really is fucking debatable. That's why when I go to uh, do open mics, I, I I feel weird because the environment, I, like I'm not totally negative, but but like because everyone there has like more of a positive, you know, like, you're trying to like you know uh, like do good by you know and and not like force positivity, like just like you know like just like you know not not putting people down like unnecessarily and all that kind of stuff. There's busting balls and shit, whatever, and all that. But, like, sometimes I feel like if I get too cynical in, in the spot, whatever, then it's, like, it becomes, uh, like, you know, like, it's it's like, oh, shit, this guy's really negative, you know what I mean? Like, I never want to come across like that. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like you know, being in that environment, like, you know, at least with the people that I'm interacting with, it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not used to, like, people, like, you know, showing me respect and giving me compliments. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard. It's like, well, this is, this, what, what can I do to fucking sabotage this now, basically? But like you know, I you know, but 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 I, the last few past two months I've been enjoying uh, doing, uh, uh, you know, been at least trying it out and all that, you know, and also being introduced some to some really good comics that I also watch. I, I go between different shows on different in different rooms to check out different comedians. Um, you know what I mean, and and a lot of them are really really fucking talented. You know, so 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 it kind of like you know, kind of gave me a a new feeling of stand up comedy again. I guess a little bit. Cause you gotta understand that a lot of the fucking uh, comedians I used to follow became podcasters. So if like you know, which is why I should tell people who come to see me do stand up, don't listen to my podcast because then you know, then you 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 get too much of me. So when you get too much of your favorite artist. Then it's like, oh shit, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what it's like. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, sometimes when you watch Tony Soprano, right? You're like, well, I wish we saw, we saw more of the mundane stuff that he does. He can make anything interesting. But it's like, by the end of it, you get sick of him already. So it's like, you see too much of him. And that's what happens. Familiarity, you know, breeds that kind of contempt. So, so I, I guess because, like, most of the comedian that I followed became, like, people who analyze... Oh, what's the state of comedy? And then because, like, a lot of fucking political fucking people who do political commentary are, like, also trying to be fucking comedians. Not to say that there aren't funny people in the political commentary space that, you know, but then they're surrounded with more people that are not that fucking funny. You know, like, you could be a funny person, but you could be on TYT, and I feel like you get watered down by some of the fucking people that are not that funny on that place. Who try to try way too hard to be funny. So it's actually good to go and uh, see, uh, you know, 
Plus, nonstop in the wrestling world, there always has to be a levitated comedy, which I also think has watered down comedy. Should I just continue with the pro wrestling shit? Because, dude, people can hate the the, the devil storyline, right? And I understand what they're called. They're, they're definitely not doing a good job. If, if my theory is correct that MJF is actually leaving the company, it'll make sense when he leaves the company because then part of me will be, part of me will feel like since we're all, you know, uh, it's all determined by discourse, right? That the reason why the last portion, like the last, like the latter half of MJF's title reign, um, was not going as well is because MJF didn't really sign a fucking new contract, and Tony Khan doesn't really bury people in that in that sense where like oh he's gonna make them lose, but like you know he but, but, because that's what the play to Tony Khan having more control, because like oh he's like not signing these guys off, he's giving them title reigns and all that. But I think he sabotaged um, a lot of the run in the last portion of it. Even though MJF at his core is saying good things about AEW, it feels like one of the... Like he did a Player Tribune article, right? And it feels like one of those things where like he's saying this stuff to make us think that he's taking time off, but he's staying with the company. But I personally think that he's going to show up on Raw on, on, on the first January Raw, basically. Or if not, then, like, he'll be silent for a bit, and we'll think he's coming back to AEW, but then he'll randomly announce that he's going to WWE. I, I, like, most definitely he's dropping the title, but, but to me, I feel like, uh, he, he's definitely gonna, you know, uh, he, he's definitely gonna leave. And, you know, and that's why I think the whole devil storyline, even if it ends up just being Cole or being Jack Perry, I anticipated, like, a big fucking, like, everyone from the company that's sick of him getting rid of him, and Tony Khan reveals himself as a devil. I could, but by the time this airs, I could be proven completely wrong. Other, other, other things were, other things were that, uh, where, 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 yeah, the bad, there are bad faith actors online, and I know now that follows the word of toxic and uh, problematic, whatever, because they watered down, even though they watered down these words, doesn't mean that the words are, um, it doesn't mean that it, it, it doesn't have any relevancy, because that's what's going on, you have the people that get offended by bad faith, or, you know, uh, or toxic, whatever. Those are the people that are employed to be bad faith and toxic. The thing is, MJF is not going to tell you that Tony Khan himself, or the billionaires in general, they're the ones who fund the bad faith actors, because that's the only way they can look like they're anti-establishment. Because it, it, it separates them from being the, from, uh, different from the trolls that are online who, uh, who blindly defend WWE or AEW in every, in every case. There's, like, you could talk about the devil storyline, but, you, but all you guys are putting more effort 
into oh this who done it who spread rumors about Tony oh look they're under a non-disclosure agreement even though the non-disclosure it, the real non-disclosure agreement in my personal opinion is uh the non-disclosure of okay with the cold you can talk about some of this stuff but you can't talk about how this is the work on a grand fucking level because we don't play by these these rules there's social contracts but because it's becoming part of the discourse clearly we're supposed to know eventually like, to me, like, if you're, you're going to complain about the devil storyline, all this discourse involving Cornette, Matt Jackson's wife, A. Steele's wife, with the call the, you know, uh, some other talent relations fucking person. I don't fucking give a shit. The fact that you guys are incorporating a bunch of people into this discourse to t- take over and, uh, you know, f- facilitate why the product is cold as it is, that's fucking weak sauce. That shitty fucking discourse. Oh look, Jericho's wife is an insurrection. It's like they're all becoming fucking characters now for this reality show shit. The 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 best the fucking discourse people can come up with, and and in my personal opinion, they are being employed to have this discourse. That's what runs shit now. Oh, another wrestler is sat, uh, mad about his time in uh, AEW. He wants to go back to WWE. Great fucking writing, as always. Oh, great, we're going to sacrifice uh, the, the, the merchandise so we can work an angle making Matt Jackson's wife a discourse character. Instead of just having good merchandise from the get-go. And then also in the article that MJF did, he mentioned uh, what's going on in Israel. And listen, on the surface, he fucking condemned. Uh, he condemned, um, you know, uh, what, um, what, uh, what, what the IDF. He doesn't support, uh, you know, uh, uh, dead Palestinians and all that. And he, but then whenever you're a celebrity and then you start talking about the anti-Semitism, which again, listen. I'm. I'm not saying. Again, I, I. I maintain my position where I say when they talk about both sides, like when it comes to Palestinians and you know Israelis, there's no fucking comparisons when it comes to the. But are there factors of different fucking government agents? Um, that work online from different fucking, uh, different fucking, like you know, working for different dictatorships that are fucking doing their pro-Palestinian stuff to lead you into more, um, you know, um, anti-Semitism on 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 a great on a on a great scale, while the 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 celebrities are like like making it seem like. Oh, there's more, um, you know, there's more anti-Semitism going on than um, anti-Muslim shit going on. Even though, like, you're literally killing fucking over 20,000 fucking people now. I can't even keep up with the fucking number. So when someone like MJF uh, in the celebrity world says that, says something about anti-Semitism and all that, even though he doesn't, mean, there is genuine concern for because I believe fundamentalists on both fundamentalists on both sides. That doesn't mean it's Palestinians or the protesters that are going out going out there. There will be funded bad faith actors sent in the middle of all of it to get with the common cause. You know, I, I, but but because MJF's a celebrity. 
and these celebrities are all like you know like and again I even say that I even say that about Sammy as Sammy Zayn as well like just because he's on the pro Palestinian side he'll still retweet like Glenn Glenn Greenwald and some of these people who have become more right on the on the left or whatever. I want to believe that he's at his core genuine. I want to believe MGF at his core is genuine. But it feels like you know, b- like celebrities in general will be on on uh, like they'll be on an extreme side, even if they're, what they're saying is like you know the message is a good message, or what they mean. That's why I don't take. I I, I appreciate the, the the messaging in which some of these people with platforms can do that, but I'm not gonna then just go okay. They're the be all end all because I, I think relying on celebrities being the be all end all is like a, a ways to make you disappointed or 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 or, or go to the next fucking extreme essentially. I don't know, but the but, but the whole discourse around it. So all these people that are giving MJF shit about it, right? It's like you're still following WWE. You're still thirsting over WWE. And listen, I'm part of the problem too. Like I'm so depressed for the holidays that like I'm going to a WWE live event because it's better than going to a Monday Night Raw. And it ended up being decent price. I guess some seats weren't selling out, so I got a, a I got a floor seat for cheap. But at the same time, I don't convince myself that I'm like a good person because I'm watching this stuff, because I'm also part of the pro- which is probably why I, I I I vent so much about it because I'm also part of the fucking problem. But like, if you're gonna condemn MJF, it's like you guys also like kayfabe your fucking selves into thinking that Vince McMahon is actually gone. Or that, like, oh, this wouldn't be happening if Vince McMahon isn't there. For some reason, you can be socially conscious toward other things, but you can't reflect upon yourselves, so... Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, like, you know, like, shilling for a company that, like, you know, has ties to Trump. Who you know, and, and and again, this this notion that Trump is going to be better with the Palestine Israel thing, even though you know his destruction of his intent with uh like if he's against Israel would be for the you know to meet to meet at a mutual spot with Netanyahu because the fundamentalist fucking anti-Semitic side is on the same fucking coin but different sides of the fucking um, pro super Israel side. And all these like celebrities, like Robert Shmuley, like Rabbi uh, Robert Shmuley, Rabbi Shmuley, who go viral and get engagement farming, is like one of the like it's like while people are fucking dying, and while this is gonna get fucking a lot worse, it's like the sports entertainers online are fucking amplifying a sensationalized discourse to make people more fucking reactionary. So when I say when I say both fucking sides, I'm not talking about innocent Palestinians because to me that's only one fucking side of what's going on. Even if you think Hamas is supporting Palestine, which they're not, different government, like you know, different different foreign governments could help be, help, help could help um, be funding Hamas really. Which is and and it's still Israel's fault because Israel fucking you know have shown you that they want Hamas to exist. Yeah. 
So to me, it's like all these fundamentals from different fucking countries are like all aligned to fucking you know like like because like because like because now it's like a country like a, let's say Iran fucking you know uh, opposes Israel right now with the cold we're gonna look at it like okay well they're opposing the government but who do you think they're gonna target though like in, innocent civilians and I'm not saying and, and that's not saying like oh everyone in Iran do, does that it's like the like like di- just different fundamentalist governments. Are, are making it look like it's country versus country aesthetic. Where, where all the fundamentals are, are aligned. That's why when, like, you know, you have somebody that might call the U.S., you're like, yeah, well, the call the U.S. should be fucking called out. Israel should definitely be called out. But when they're, like, defending, like, 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 and, uh, and, and, uh, pretending that nothing's going on in China with, like, you know, like, with Muslims being targeted over there and all that, and, and and I understand, like, you know, people who might sh- shoot down some of that conversation because it normally, like, the, the people the people that are pumping it up are fucking neocon-type people that want fucking a war, who are, you know, who are using it for war. So, like, the, the, like there's no, like, you know, pers- like, there's no way to talk about different fundamentalist countries and, 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 and condemn it all, but we have to do it by, we have to do this country versus country aesthetic. So, like, automatically the U.S. is against somebody, then it means that I have to cheer that person on. Even though I don't have to co-sign the U.S. narrative at all whatsoever. But, in, but on, ma- on mainstream television or, you know, and, and when I count mainstream television, I count fucking alt-media. Because in order, in order for you to call out the U.S., you have to fucking be fucking, you know, uh, um, um, shilling for another fucking government. In order for you to call out another country in, in the, 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 the mainstream media fucking atmosphere, you gotta fucking then pretend the U.S. is like this bastion of hope and all that kind of shit. And it goes on with a lot of fucking stuff like that, you know. But, but the thing is, M- MJF is the one that fucking... Him, he himself adds to the anti-Semitism. Because in one breath, you'll make people feel bad that you got picked on. And listen, that that, that is horrible what he went through. I'm not going to fucking, you know, it, like you shouldn't be picking on people for, uh, you know, their, um, you know, f- for their, uh, f- for what they went through. But see, other people, other people fucking might not give a shit because a lot of people's, like, you know, uh, trauma gets fucking, you know, dismissed and we're not seen as humans. And that's what the fundamentalists want. They don't want us to like even like like you know like you know find a common ground with other innocent Jewish people, right? But in the same breath, MJF will fucking boast about, oh yeah, my people are the chosen people. Um, you know what they call you know he calls himself the fucking devil, which is you know uh, an anti-Semitic fucking trope. So, so th- that's why I even question, you know, MJ- MJF's fucking motives as well. You know, I don't know. And then, and then, like you know, and then the other part of the but the non-disclosure, like now we have like. 
people that are supposed to be blue check marks like oh i could release dms of people breaking the uh, the, 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 the 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 playbook uh, the hand the, the hand rule book whatever the, the rule book what of uh, of what they have for AEW, which i doubt exists or if it's 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 a more deeper one that we don't know about but that these people are supposed to be journalists and yet they're acting like fucking thoughts And that's what I, and again before you think that's a female thing I'm talking I'm talking about males too. You don't have to fucking be you know uh, you, you you don't have to like you know like like people are people are dunking on this one woman for saying it. But, oh, you just admit you want to sleep with the wrestlers basically. Okay, maybe she did, but at the same time, a lot of you are mentally twerking. You know, a lot of you misogynists are mentally twerking for uh, for billionaire fucking attention all the time and shit. You know, I don't know. And I, I keep seeing Benoit keep getting mentioned. By the way, this is not... The, 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 people keep asking, oh, why do you keep mentioning... If, if something is always coming up in the discourse, that means we're going to find new information about it. You know, especially with how hard everyone goes about not having nuance. And for people that want to have nuance into the conversation so things won't happen again, people don't want to understand what CTE does. By the way, and, and, and by the way, that's not fucking saying, oh, that should automatically erase uh, Benoit for what he fucking did. Even, even though I feel that there's, you know, again, call me conspiratorial because, again, the, 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 the people want to uh, pretend like, uh, oh, anyone that thinks Benoit, um, like, may have been framed or something, or th- th- there's more to the story that goes on. People, you know, but, and, and again, you're handing it over to the right-wingers, basically. But when people quote Paul, again, but the reason why they, they don't want CTE to be discussed is because then they don't want to look at what happens to the current wrestlers that might have those fucking issues. They just want to feel good about condemning, uh, you know, a, 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 a murderer. Uh, they, 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 they want to feel bad, but they want to support the guys that help. They want to support the companies. Um, like in show, like it's one thing to go and and watch a WWE show. We can't escape the entertainment, okay? I and we and we we can all act like we're above that, okay? We we're not all above it, but to like blatantly like fucking like you like you know blindly like defend like what like what the what the company has done when like they've shown that they've covered up murder before and they've covered up rape. They're associated with far right wing people. People from that industry have become more fucking, you know, extremist. But they have to leave the company for you to fucking, you know, realize it. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm trying to do as much as I can before I have to go and do, uh, you know, go, 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 go. It's 5.01 p.m., so I'm going to go and watch the WWE show uh, pretty soon or show. You know what I mean? But I'm, 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 I'm going to get past all this discourse.
when people get brought up in the in the discourse again, like for, for, and again, like it's like designed because the people that it's like people who have fallen off are now getting a second you know act of being a discourse character. So I I see like like over the last couple, of, I'm not saying like all the time, whatever. But the last couple of years, I've been seeing like you know more Ahmed Johnson interviews or Muhammad Hassan interviews, and I wonder what what part of the discourse they're going to be you know be 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 a, be, be a part of essentially. But like I I don't know what what the deal is with Booker T and Ahmed Johnson though. But like, let me see. Hold on. Let me see. Do you share the false prison story about him? Let me see. The thing is, the thing is, people will always shit on Ahmed Johnson. I understand, like looking back, and seeing how he wasn't, but see if he wasn't that great. But I'm telling you, as somebody that lived through the era that he was like, you know, a part of, and we didn't know his trajectory, right? We just like again, like. Because we weren't like the best at dictating, uh, you know, um, you know, like work rate and all that kind of stuff. If somebody with a person, like, you know, explosive personality, caught, you know, like you know, catches traction, like you know, what I mean, like people were never like people during like you know, at least in my experience in school, people would not be talking about wrestling unless something big happened. And one of the times that people would be talking about stuff is when Ahmed Johnson would be doing shit on Raw. Because again, keep in mind, we 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 a lot of us didn't get WCW. Like you know, what I mean, some of them, some of them, some some of them had some of the people had the you know a legal satellite or they had like you know uh you know a a box that like you know got got you the channels and all that kind of stuff. I never really had that, so you know I have settled for you know free previews of TBS time to time every every quarter quarter of the year. Or or I had to watch free WCW that would come on like the side the, the like some of the like the secondary show during that time whatever. So like when people like, the thing is so if Ahmed Johnson was supposed to go to the next fucking level and this is my this is my theory that when you don't want to go to like the next level of selling your fucking soul, it's like then like you, it's like then they fucking kind of come with a reason why you are never like for example here's an example. Booker, I, I feel like Booker T was supposed to go over at, um, you know, that WrestleMania uh, 19. And I feel like, like, even though he's already in the mafia system, to go, like, to get, like, a clean win over a main guy like Triple H at a WrestleMania, it probably, like, you know, mean that he would have to, like, do compromising things, like, in general, like, maybe be more shady and all that. And maybe he was fine being a fucking level, so that's why he was kept there. So they created this whole thing, you know, of it. So the same thing with Ahmed Johnson when he was supposed to get like this major fucking push, coming back from his injury, it felt like it got derailed, uh, you know, um, all, all of a sudden. Um, because he couldn't face the Undertaker, and it feels like you know that it was supposed to go downhill from there, basically, when he f officially turned heel and joined the Nation. And then maybe the Rock opted to you know whatever you know. But he's always supposed... See, again, and people always go, well, he's injury-prone, he injures other... The thing is, like, if this, if this is a fraternity, Ahmed Johnson then played the role of being one of the guys that has to be dangerous in the ring. 
You know what I mean? Like, like, like it, it, it even shows you, like, the initiation process. Ron Simmons cop to, like, um, purposely. Um, and like that, and that's to make you uh, reflect ho- poorly on Ron Simmons by saying, oh, my God, he actually injured Ahmed Johnson on purpose. And th- his excuse when he did an interview, like, uh, like, like, 10 years ago or so, was that he was jealous that, like, another person, uh, like, I, I forget what the reason it was, but he's like, you know, he, he was like a veteran type of instinct that, like, he, he hated somebody, like, that was getting more shine than him or something like that. But to me, that felt like, so he admitted that he did it purposely. But to me, that, like, to me, the bigger picture is they even gimmick that up because I believe that those are initiations in, into the game. Constant bump cards and shit like that. You, you gotta take, so Ahmed Johnson became one of those guys that had to be, like, you know, horrible in the ring in a sense. To kind of give an excuse of why, you know, and everyone has a different fucking interpretation of how they're fucking more stiff and all that kind of stuff. You'll have hardcore Holly, you'll have other people who, like Vader taking liberties and all that kind of shit. So I, again, so I, I wonder what the, what the whole thing with Ahmed Johnson coming back in the discourse, you know what I mean? I forget, this is something I forgot to mention on the last 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 podcast. For some reason, I jotted down Joe. Like I, I forget what interview it was, but sometimes I, I randomly take things from different interviews, and I and I see what, like you know what's like you know like you know and, and something catches my traction, catches you know catches traction with me. I end up like you know like talking about it. And I I forgot to mention that like Joe was like uh some old Joe was like giving comparisons. Like he could have used other. It, it's like he just wanted to promote Taylor Swift. But he could have used other uh, avenues of people from different industries uh, copying off wrestling and all that. But he chose to use, like, Taylor Swift as an example. You know what I mean? Which, again, like, he's not wrong in that, like, th- th- there are similarities and all that. Just funny that Samoa Joe, like, just decided to use Taylor Swift. It's like he wanted to get into the discourse because Taylor Swift like the easiest one to kind of do. It's like everyone now has to g- give commentary on t- on Taylor Swift. And instead of just going, okay, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm going to be promoting her, Samoa Joe had to, like, tie it into, like, oh, yeah, wrestling, ki- uh, they, they, they borrow from wrestling, I guess. That's, that's what my interpretation of it was. Or maybe I'm completely wrong. And he just genuinely wanted to talk about Taylor Swift. I don't know. It always just seems like it's an angle whenever someone has to mention her. Apparently, uh, apparently Goldberg um, said that he hates Vince McMahon because he never got a retirement match. Right, and it's one of those things where people like obviously gonna dunk on it because he got a lot out of his second return. Like you know, he got multiple, you know, uh, you know, world title. I I think he got like one world title run, right? But he got like multiple big time matchups, and a lot of them stunk stunk the fucking bed by design too. Became discourse matches, but like people are, are overlooking that like he had COVID and he was asked to come and put over Reigns. Like you know what I mean? Like, like it just shows you that, like, the, the, like you know, what I mean, it's going to reflect that they're, they're not taking that fucking shit seriously as well. Then, if you're judging it by like these guys playing by regular fucking rules and they don't have advancements, especially like lo- looking the way they look at the age they are, it's 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 beyond just supplements and fucking good health. I'm not saying that doesn't help it, obviously.
But this is probably, whenever somebody's in the discourse, it's probably like, oh, Tony Khan's going to swoop in and give Goldberg his retirement match because he's giving, uh, he's giving, you know, uh, um, you know, Sting his, so he'd probably give Goldberg his one too as well then, I guess. I don't know. CM Punk had his first match back in the Garden, which I saw the clips of. It was, it was a pretty decent match. Obviously, discourse stuff is always focusing on the back, like the one part where like Dominic didn't sell the fucking. Listen, I'm critical of CM Punk, right? And I just think the entire like discourse of having CM Punk in the discourse negatively or positively is all kind of like workshopped into just constantly having it. But like the bare minimum of hating on the guy with like, oh, can you believe this clothesline spot didn't look good? It's like, well, Dominic was the one that was selling. Like I'm, I'm all for listen. I think CM Punk can be sloppy in the fucking ring, and he gets overly hyped up sometimes. But he has good fucking you know character work he does. That kind of, like, makes up for, like, some of the fucking, you know, some of the sloppiness and all that shit. But I thought the match was pretty fucking decent. And, you know, I, I don't get why WWE doesn't air this on Peacock or, like, why can't you air house shows? Especially garden shows, you know what I mean? It could just be a fun little fucking show, whatever, but, you know. And then you gotta pretend on television, it's not canon, that CM Punk already made his debut. But yeah, yeah, him and Dominic had good chemistry, good chemistry and shit. You know. Um, people, people on Reddit, I, I guess, because again, this is a, a, a more engagement farming. Um, Arna Anderson said, um, Fit Finley is like the most important thing to women's wrestling. And I understand that no, listen, man, I, I'm not, again, if I look at the most important contribution, contribution to, um, women's wrestling, I would have to look outside also America, you know what I mean? Outside America because of like, you know, some of the Japanese influence. Cause I'm sure like that you can make an argument for like why, like, you know, they're probably the most important part of pro wrestling or maybe some other promoter is. But I guess people on Reddit got kind of pissed off about like, you know, the positioning of like a man being the most important part. Like you can say he helped, but I don't think he, he's the most important part. The thing is, because if you go by what's on the surface, this will sound really, really ridiculous. But at least with American wrestling, like Vincent, like the 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 McMahon family are kind of uh, really important um, at their core about uh, about where the direction of women wrestling has gone. Like even making it a discourse topic, while also like for example, like if like you know, because I believe MMA is you know co-signed by it or the uh, or, or the fact that um like tna is kind of uh, um um it's kind of one of their like you know it's like kind of a feeder system for them to send talent there and all that even though it was like designed to be competition or whatever like, it, like you know what i mean like the fact that like it was allowed to exist is because like you know the the, the we allowed it to exist otherwise every fucking promoter would be getting in line it's it's supposed to be that you do you have it somewhere else at first, so WWE always looks like they adopt it. It like the mainstream media and the the uh, establishment people then br- bring it into their fucking world uh, after it does well other fucking places. 
even though, like, you know, like, it, it's positioned to be like that, and it constantly, because then it keeps them as the enemy that, that, that they're supposed to be, because they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be villains in that regard. You know, I don't know. But I mean, yeah, man, listen, I give Finley props for what, like, you know, contributing to helping, you know, um, some of, like, you know, the, the women that were not meant to be wrestlers and, and get them to, like, you know, like, incorporate, um, you know, actual wrestling into their fucking matches. There was talk about if they can do a Benoit movie. I would talk about the Benoit stuff, whatever. Like, the thing is, even if they come with a Benoit movie, the, the, they aren't going to, like, they talk about... And, and again, my people saying, oh, my God, why do you guys think there's a conspiracy? Why do you think a conspiracy? Guess what? The people who are in charge of um, the billionaires that are in charge, they're the ones that are fucking making that fucking narrative out there. So even if there, if there was no conspiracy, they're the ones that are funding that information. And you're letting the right wing run amok with it. But, of course, you can make a movie about... The reason why people wouldn't want a movie being done, they'll act like, oh, my God, they, I don't want to, um, you know, um, uh, um, uh, uh, give life to a murder. Like, you know, again, you, you could condemn... Um, you, again, you could condemn what he fucking did. But you could also put nuance um, so it doesn't happen again. But some of these people that pretend like they're against any type of nuance with the Benoit stuff, it's normally because they don't want um, people discovering that, like, WWE... Um, and, and, and what they've contributed to fucking people's health mentally and physically, um, you know, they, they, they don't want them to acknowledge what they have, um, uh, contributed to it. That's just how I fucking look at it, at least. The Grizzle Young Vets are, um, you know, going to impact, apparently. Uh, which is probably a good fucking move uh, for them, you know, because, I mean, the AEW tag division would have been, like, decent, but, like, like, it's, like, now, right now, it's, like, it, like, like, they aren't really focusing on the tag team division, like, as, as much as they used to. Now it just feels like random teams that have the titles are, you know... And then there's more uh, Liv Morgan discourse. But by the way, I hope Grizzle Young Vets kill it in uh, in uh, in Impact. If they go back to their usual ways, because that whole fucking schism thing fucking derailed. I thought Zach Gibson was really fucking good, dude. He was really fucking good. And I thought like if they just kept it the way they kept it, it would have been a really good fucking tag team. But I'm looking forward to seeing Grizzle Young Vet to you know. Uh, you know, uh, Zach Gibson going back to his original character. There was, like, more Liv Morgan discourse that, like, the police officer that found her, um, when she was, like, going in the wrong lane. But to me, these things are, like, when it comes to celebrities, and because, like, you know, they're cogs in a mafia system, so, like, whatever they're given, it's, like, it's by design. Like, they're not playing, it's not, like, how regular people go through it. But to me, it feels like another way to have, like, 
more of an outlaw look in, uh, of wrestling, of the cogs being out of control and all that kind of stuff. And WWE has to control. It's, it's always an argument for more control. Even though like this has been by fucking design to happen. Um, congratulations to Gunther and Ginny who just had a baby. I'm not. I I always I always hate jotting these things down because like I have nothing else to add to it. And I know fucking Gunther is definitely not listening to my podcast. Maybe Ginny is. I don't know. But like you know, I mean, it's just part of the Discord that they had a baby, man. So congratulations to them. You know. Be he be trained to be the next uh, the the next generation of the ring general, basically. No, but no, but but I mean, I mean, good for Gunther, man. The guy's having a the guy's been having a good year, you know. He he actually's been having a good a good run in general, you know, in 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 WWE in like the main roster. And you know, and and again, because WWE was on the, on the losing end at the time, they changed his name, right? Like at least with the fans, we all thought that okay, Gunther's push is fucking done. You know, he won't. You know, but they they've kept they've maintained. You know. Some you know, he he's done like some sports entertainment segments, but he never does like anything overly goofy. It's like he's required to be there. He'll just do what he can do to stand out. But I mean, he's like one of my favorite champions right now in any company, man. You know, he's probably had like one of my favorite reigns. You know, and a lot of his reigns in the company. You know, with the uh, the NXT UK Championship, like that was a good reign too. I don't know. You're Scott Thompson. I don't want to call him Scott. I honestly, I I don't want to be calling another another grown man Scotty too hotty. You know what I mean? I I I, I don't know. It's just you know, it's, it's it's a stupid name. You know what I mean? Um. Even when he was like Scotty, I was calling him Scott Thompson basically. You know what I mean? Or you know, like I I wouldn't call Brian Christopher too sexy. You know, I'd call him, like, you know, Brian Christopher. But apparently he... Ta- I don't know he's been producing with AEW, but what the call, like, he came out with a tag match, or the dark match, with, um, you know, with the acclaimed. Was he... Again, I forget what his problematic discourse was. Was it that he didn't want to do intergender matches? Or he did not want to wrestle a trans woman? Because, again, I could never... Again, there's been so many problematic people in wrestling that have become, like, discourse fodder. So I don't know what his his storyline was. Was he the one that was against intergender wrestling? Or was he the one against, uh, like, you know, backing out of wrestling someone that was trans or something like that? I, I totally, I totally forgot because because like a lot of the old school guys have been getting to, into into the into that discourse. You know, remember when they try to make it seem like Buff Bagwell was this woke fucking you know, this guy that was like, oh my god, he was ignorant. Now he's woke, basically. And then you find out that it's all a fucking lie, basically. This is why wrestling fans are fucking. This is why some of them online are fucking really stupid, despite thinking they're the smartest people on the planet. You know, I don't know. Camille's a free agent, which, you know, I'm sure will, um, 
I'm sure will be, you know, something that, uh, I don't know, man. I I, I want to assume she'll go to WWE, but, you know, I think she might be the one that actually kind of, uh, like, for example, like, Jade had the personality, she was kind of green. Camille has, you know, the wrestling ability, but I feel like she's kind of, like, still a little bit, from what I've seen, she's still kind of green as a personality. Even though she's improved since, you know, she's done a lot better or whatever, but, like, I feel like, she could be a signing that could be, that re- replace, like, the Jade aura, basically, by having another, you know, somebody that's, like, you know, very, you know, uh, attractive while looking, like, physically intimidating and shit. Zelina re-signed with WWE, which is not surprising. You know, she had a good deal going on there. I honestly wish she would go... I wish she would have um, stayed as, like... Listen, I'm not saying she's a good competitor, but it's like they kind of, like, give her here and there. Like, they don't make her, like, a threat for the most part as a competitor. That's why I, I always said that she should have maintained being the manager from NXT so that, like, she she builds enough heat... Because she would build, build enough heat in NXT... And she'd like you know do a good job being the manager, not just being someone that just shows up. She was like responsible for the transformation of Andrade, so that when she does wrestle, it does feel kind of important because she might not be like the greatest wrestler or whatever. Like she's like 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 she's like what what, what like what a typical wrestling manager would have would have like you know like they have the capability of bumping and doing some of like the some of like the more basic kind of moves and all that kind of shit but like you know but but like no one's ever really checking for their matches not to say that she's like you know it, it, it just she, she's more suited as that kind of manager where like when she that's what she built importance for her character so that when she does wrestle like her character is what we're focusing on more it's the Bobby, you know, because again, when Bobby Keaton wasn't like, you know, he take, takes bumps, but he's never the greatest fucking wrestler on the planet, right? But like he, but but him being in a match would be kind of important because he was like a fucking guy that like was that organized his guys to like, you know, like you know, like you know, uh, you know, win championships and like cheat and all that kind of shit. That when you finally got him in the ring, you'd be like, oh shit, this is a big time fucking moment. You're just like using people to the best of their abilities, you know what I mean? I don't know. Sean Spears is leaving AEW, which is not surprising to me. It wouldn't shock you if a bunch of people are leaving AEW now, man. And then they have to, they're they're their attitude era phase where they have to like uh, then use the talent that they, you know, the, some of the homegrown guys that they have to like, you know, get to rise to the occasion essentially to raise their stock, and that wasn't going to happen with some of these guys dominating, whatever. Not to say that Sean Spears is going to be a main event guy, but it furthers my you know, insinuation that, like, if MJF goes to uh, WWE, that, like, Sean Spears would probably be kind of aligned with him. So, like, even though he's not going to be, like, a main event player, he'd still be... And, and again, I wouldn't classify Sean Spears' run in AEW as a failure by any means. Like, yeah, we thought that he might get an initial push with that chair shot angle. Whatever, right? But I thought he play, like he seamlessly got into the role of MJF's fucking you know right hand man, um, pretty fucking well basically. Like he did a job to get fucking heat, 
You know what I mean? He built a nice character of the perverted chairman and all that kind of shit. Maybe he brings that to WWE. I'm sure he'll... People don't think he'll go to WWE, but MGF is going to WWE. I'm sure Sean Spears or Ty Dillinger will be, you know, uh, be aligned with him. When WWE is working with all these people, um, apparently, you know, apparently WWE is working with a lot of these people, whatever, right? Um, like stardom, like or they're starting to, or whatever, to get maybe Julia, maybe Julia sign, whatever. I don't know if that's gonna like fall apart, like and them and and it's gonna be like them trying to take over Japan in some ways, or is it gonna be one of those things where different companies are gonna align with different, like for example, AWWE were the main companies, right? So now you have like you know, uh, let's say you have uh, all Japan, and you have stardom working with WWE. That is WWE, that's AEW now with New Japan, and then they have another, um, is it Stardom a part of New Japan, though? I, I don't know, I, I can't keep up, man, I know, I know, I know this, whatever, but, like, it's, like, different ways for different companies to align with each other, you know what I mean? And I'm sure, like, AAA will eventually align with WWE overall, and then CMLL will align with uh, AEW, since that seems to be, the, I don't know. It's just people making alignments, and it's going to lead to something, because we're, we're, we're leading to, like, you know, like, you know, the, the, the multiverse fucking kind of, like, now kind of coming to wrestling now. Even though it'll be focused on d- discourse around, like, oh, this guy didn't want to drop to this guy, so he won't get, like, you know. Mercedes, Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks is firing for more Mercedes trademarks. Here's the thing: if M, if M, if MGF is leaving, and they sign Mercedes, this will probably be the time where they now prioritize women wrestling, um, to like you know maybe take you know so that you know you don't have to go. Also, oh, we can build more women wrestling, and instead of like going oh shit, we have the, the, the some of the, like the mainstays of AEW are leaving for WWE. But to me, I think Mercedes Monet is going back to going to AEW. I think this has been a red herring. I mean, if you go by WWE, I mean, then I'm wrong. Then I guess you know, what I mean, like, I have no problem with being wrong. I've been wrong multiple fucking times. But I think this one's an even more try hard version to make it seem like she's going back and everyone else is going back and Triple H is taking over, whatever. But I think she's gonna end up going to AEW. I don't know. Oh, and by, by the way, what the call? Somebody on Reddit clearly has like an agenda, and it's it's always planted, whatever. But somebody randomly brought up Jake the Snake Roberts' two thousand sixteen comedy show, where he basically kind of copped to uh, him like assaulting a woman. I, I forget what the detail was, right? But like to me, it feels like when you're being initiated into the club, you had you, know, you do fucked up shit, whatever, especially, and also having the issue that he had, right? right, And that's probably why it adds to his issues, by, you know, being forced to do some of this stuff. And it feels like, by him getting a second act to his, like, you know, his, like, life of having a redeeming story, it's like you have to make fucking confessions that, like, of your past, and it, 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 it there's a whole formula to this. So then they have it down right now. So now if you find out that he did something currently in recent years while being clean, that it goes, oh, we're back to Jake Roberts being a piece of shit again. 
So like once you already became a heel and a the you know the 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 the, the you've been reduced to fucking being a parody, they clean you up, and then they have you confess of stuff that you may have done during that time, whatever, and then you know and then people leave it alone for a bit, because because people are just asking okay, why is this why is this bringing on now whatever you know what I mean because and and again like you know and then people are like well why did he say it out loud so it's designed to bring that fucking discourse out there again. Who knows what will be fucking revealed if something, you know. I don't know. I'm going to take a break. I don't know how long I'll be, because I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get to, to the Coca-Cola Coliseum. But I think I can do like another half hour, hour or so of stuff before I go and cover some other discourse. Otherwise, you know, I got to do a... At least Collision isn't on this week, so, you know, I can just do the... like you know, and, 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 and we didn't have any shows on except for NXT, so I can do those recaps, uh, you know, like, you know, easily before the pay-per-view, just get the discourse out of the fucking way, but I got a lot of discourse, you know what I mean, especially, I haven't been doing podcasts as much this month, like, you know, as, as frequently, like, some of have been, like, maybe almost once a week, maybe, at times, but, like, you know, I wanted to do one last one before the end of the fucking year, you know, I did over a hundred, I did over 148 fucking podcasts, because, or or maybe over over one hundred fifty whatever because like toward the end of the year, toward the end of the year last year though I I was on my fourth hundred podcast like around like around this time or like a little bit early I don't know, but you know and then I got to I got to five hundred by uh you know uh, by uh you know uh, um you know August or so, you know August or so and then um. And, and yeah, so like, you know, and that now it's like, you know, so I'm like, oh, over 148 episodes, I guess, you know, I don't know. I'll be back. Um, I'm running out of time. Like I, I, I don't even know if I'm gonna watch World's End. 
but I wanted to get, so I, I'm not going to do the NXT one. I was thinking of just maybe just doing these compilations and then just releasing it in bulk. Like, you know what I mean? Even doing the World's End fucking recap if I need to and all that. But I'm definitely not doing the NXT one, you know what I mean? Since there's no WWE programming, I can wait to do the NXT one with the World's End, whatever. Still debating if I'm going to release this before the pay-per-view or I'm just going to wait. Um, but, I mean, yesterday, I, 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 I was feeling fucking really miserable because, you know, there's always shit that I feel locally is going on that I'm not fucking, you know, allowed to, you know, you know, be a part of. I'm always kept isolated, even though people always say, oh, no, no you can reach me, you can reach me, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's always bullshit to basically make it seem like they're the one, that, that I'm the one that isn't reaching out. Even though I know it's going to come with fucking bullshit. I constantly have to fucking be sold that shit, you know what I mean? So I, I decided to, go, I mean, the, the, the tickets were cheaper. I, like, because, because I, I was looking before, and then these tickets were, the tickets were expensive, I was like, yeah, there's no point of going to WWE events. The only way I can go is if I have a fucking connection. Or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only way I can really fucking go to, you know. But, like, the ticket was actually, you know, <clears throat> under, like, you know, it was like 167 bucks, whatever, for 8th row. So I guess, like, they're trying to get rid of it. So I fucking took it last minute, and then, you know, um, I went to the show, and, uh, I was I was actually like near the guard like I wasn't like against the guardrail but I was like five seats in like you know like you know for the guard I I know whenever I'm sitting like in 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 the, that kind of section like you know what I mean I'm never near a guardrail I'm always like in the outside of it kind of in a way right and uh, you know so um, it was kind of cool but you know. The couple that was beside me had kids and all that, and they were, like, you know, getting, you know, autographs. Kofi Kingston, like, you know, uh, he threw a couple of candy canes in my direction. The guy gave me one, so I was like, hey, Kofi, I get the, you know, it's from Kofi Kingston, you know, so I fucking, you know. So, Caden Carter was the only one that, like, you know, I said hi to, like, that, like, replied to me. Like, that was near, like, you know, from hearing distance. I think MVP kind of looked at me, you know. I know MVP knows who I am, right? So, like, he kind of, like, he, he, he had that look, like, he had this weird, like, oh, my God, that handsy, like, kind of in a way? I don't know, I, you know. It's just in, in my own fucking head. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know, um, yeah, no, so it, it was a good time, you know, I, I like uh, watching the live events, um, like, like, even though, like, nothing storyline really fucking happens, right, obviously, but I like watching the live events, because, you know, I, I feel like, you know, because the the, the the talent in WWE, right, like, they're really, really fucking good, it just, a lot of time, they're hindered by, you know, very bad, overproduced segments, they've been getting better lately, right, but for a while, like, the last, like, couple of years, like, it was really, I felt it was really horrible, like, oh, you know, with some of the promos and the inconsistency and all that, and now they kind of found their groove. 
So, like, you know, so when you see them in an environment where they can just have fun and let loose and, you know, show you more, you know. Like, Chelsea, like Chelsea Green shows you, a, like, it, it, she was over because she's Canadian. But she can show you how good she can be, you know what I mean? Like, you know. But it was cool seeing a bunch of them. You know, it was a, it was a, raw, it was a raw show, so there was no Roman Reigns. I, I didn't even know if he would go to the house shows nowadays anyways. But it wasn't SmackDown, right? So Sami Zayn was there, Balor was there, Ivy Nile, Rhea, Shayna Baszler, uh, Balor and Sami Zayn, Priest and Cody. Seth Rollins, I think Seth Rollins saw me. Cause, but, you know, I give Seth Rollins credit, man. He goes to every person who's, like, you know, of, like in the guardrail and, like, you know, like for the front row. And he tried to take a selfie with everybody and all that kind of stuff. I think once he's past my area and the people beh- people behind, um, like the section behind me, cleared out, right? So I was trying to go to the guardrail, right against the guardrail at that point, and he, uh, you know, he, um, he was already passed, but he saw me, whatever, and I think he's like, oh, sh-. Like, I think these guys recognize me, because again, with the, 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 especially when I'm talking about on social media and shit, and, and and that company will, like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that company probably thinks I'm an unhinged guy. Like, well, they, they'll have reason to think that I'm an unhinged guy based off the aesthetic, right? So, like, they'll always, like, you know, keep, keep an eye and probably warn talent not to fucking, you know, fraternize with me. Like, it'll all be... I mean, I mean according to Tyson Kidd, no one knows who I am, right? You know? What a... What a random life! I haven't, but I haven't talked after I after we initially apologized. I I apologized for like snap because he caught me on a bad day when I was really irrational. You know what I mean? We like he said it's all good and all that kind of stuff, but like I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't. Uh, I, 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 I like 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 this past year. He didn't wish me a happier birthday, so I think like that. I think I killed that that momentum of being fucking done. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, it's just nuts. It was good. Uh, the main event was Seth versus Nakamura versus Drew. You know. Yeah, it was it was a good time. I actually, you know, need to be in front of you know a, a bunch of fucking fans, man. You know, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch were probably the most over. Co- oh, Cody Rhodes too. There were some assholes in my section, like you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, like just making horrible comments. Oh, Shayna Baszler failed. Like, shut the fuck up, Shayna Baszler, I'll kick your fucking ass. Um, you know, uh, well, what else was it? No, there's a lot of CM Punk chairs, you know, with the calls, you know, and, you know, it seems like, you know, a common thing in the house show, in the live events now, where Seth Rollins closes the show for a Raw, for a Raw live event, and he cut the promo about, like, not acknowledging CM Punk, and there's a lot of CM Punk chants. You know, Seth Rollins should use that in the next promo about how a lot has changed because now the CM Punk chants have been drowned out by the singing and then, you know, he'll cue the singing. 
I, I, I hope, again, they, they, they probably won't opt to do people get annoyed with that, but I I would love for the, like, some of the build, like, the, like, you know, just singing during the fucking promos and just kind of getting at, because so, Punk will use that to, like, you know, uh, to kind of fucking shit on, uh, you know, the crowd if he needs to be, if they're get, you know, getting on his nerves because they're cheering Seth Rollins more. I, I I was hoping that like Punk would make a surprise appearance, like not because I mean he's doing a the Raw show in uh, in California tonight, but like I don't understand why he couldn't come to. I think some people think that he was gonna like maybe show up or something like that. All in all, it seems like WWE is winning and AEW is losing. You know. Because now you got this Jericho and Nick Houseman thing overshadowing World's End. It's like, why should I buy the pay-per-view? This is overshadowing it. And I, and I know people on Reddit are like, oh my god, they're using potentially Kylie Ray's, uh, um, you know, um, uh, like, you know, whatever harassment she went through. Here's the thing, she's a cog in the system. And what the and and by the way, this is not me like defending what's going on at all whatsoever. But but see, this is why they make it relatable with like work like regular workplace environments and like what goes on in the industry. When like this industry is a mafia industry, there's weird rules. You really think that they're playing by a, a, a fucking you know a hand a, a, a hand like a, a rule handbook? They're beyond that. This is just to make it more relatable so people apply regular working type of fucking things with, like, what's going on. But but, but Kylie Ray was, like, traumatized for her to be vindicated. So then they'll fucking... T- and then they'll... So, so they tore her down mentally. They fucking obviously cover something. I, I, I knew this was gonna... This this broke when, during the Periscope days. So I, I I didn't cover like I mean it, it it's come up here and there I brought it up, but I I said you know d- during my Periscope session when this was like coming out that this is gonna be used as a way to like like add to the resume of AEW not fucking uh like you know like you know like you know, they like like they're building up like their scandals and all that because every company has to. Like, but in this era, you'll probably get vindication, but, like, you still have to go... It's, like, it's very exploitative and sporting. So people who are, like, oh, why would Nick Howell... Because Nick Howell's was scripted to fucking bring it up. He's a sport... He might be a real journalist and all that kind of shit, but once you become part of the discourse, you're a sports entertainer. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry, I pulled too fast. On this fucking cigarette. So th- I knew once the NDAs were coming out, but like you know, but it, it's it's hilarious that people who are hell bent on making this elite versus CM Punk thing the focus of like oh um in integral in integral fucking j- journalism and all that kind of shit. They fucking some some of the some of the shills that are anti AEW were acting like nobody cares about uh, like like it shouldn't be news about Jericho's affair. I don't know someone who has kind of power. It should be. It 
It makes no fucking sense. So, 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 so now Jericho's getting, you know, canceled, even though... And, and he's... And again, like, it's been coming up here and there designed for it to be exposed. Because, again, the, like, these guys aren't stupid. They put out interviews where they fucking plant the fucking seeds. But then people on Reddit get to act morally fucking superior when they're also shut down any type of fucking questioning about it because um, they were not they, they couldn't be inconvenienced by the fact um, by the, the the new promotion also might be shady as well. That's why I didn't. That's why when like you're though out anti WWE in the sense that like I wanted more change systemically and all that kind of shit, and I was rooting for AEW. I wasn't gonna just jump on the fucking bandwagon because I knew Cody, Brandy, Tony Khan, they're all doing discourse fucking things, and I'm like, this is gonna keep adding up. They'll give you know it won't completely overshadow, but some of the things that they do will overshadow where they become discourse wrestlers. So that's what's gonna be, you know, uh, you know, uh, that's what's gonna be, you know, uh, dominating the fucking news cycle. And and no one's gonna ask Tony Khan about it at the media fucking scrum. And if someone does, there'll probably be some big blow up. Because now people will point out that why did if Nick Hausman knew, knew about that, then why did Nick Hausman never ask that question? Why why was this whole punk again? Like the people complain about the devil storyline, but like you know the creative for this kind of shit has been horribly presented. Instead of just telling you that people get systemically fucking traumatized, harassed, abused, mentally, physically. And then when the system deems you fit, then they fucking, then, after they make you go through it. Because by me implying that this is, like, also partly sports entertainment, people would think that if this is real, then, like, like you know, if this, like, if this really, then, then, then I'm implying that, like, oh, Kylie Ray, uh, um, you know, uh, like, you know, it, 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 it didn't really go through that. No, no, they definitely put her through that. They gotta make you feel the mental anguish, but it doesn't mean that it isn't, like, designed for vindication down the line. But this is how the cycle of abuse fucking keeps going. And when you have billionaires at, you know, who, um, with, like, massive fucking resources and the power to downplay how much power they have. It doesn't come out really fucking good, man. I don't know. So if if you if you need a if you need a summary of like you know um if if you if you if you need if you need a summary of how wrestling Twitter is handling handling and debating this Jericho stuff, I'll give you the fucking synopsis right here. There'll be no mistake now. I can't believe I stuck up for him. I feel like I've been stabbed in the heart. Well, we can't have him here in our social club no more. I mean, that much I do know. In the social club, he's gotta go. I want to think about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. What the fuck? What does he think about? Sit down. Fuck that, I'll say it again. What the fuck is there to think about? There'll be no... Yeah, so, that, so that's basically a summary of that, you know. 
I'm, su- I'm surprised someone, somebody didn't try to cancel me on Twitter for using the veto clip, right? Even though, like, like I understand in context they're talking about a homosexual man and being homophobic, whatever, right? But, like, you know, I, I never, I never, like, because one time one person got, um, uh, like, when I, like, uh, um, replied to Linda McMahon with, uh, Patsy's, uh, thing, saying, uh, you know, go, um, go sit down, uh, sweetheart. Uh, what do you say? No, go sit down, cupcake, or something like that, to uh, the native Indian woman that was, uh, you know, at the protest. But, like, I'm only using it for that context of, like, you know, just telling the man to go sit down. And somebody said, oh, that's not a good clip to use because he's talking to, you know, native native people. So you're, like, putting, up, putting like, the racist narrative. But, it's like, I'm not using it for the, for, the, for the narrative in the context of the storyline. I'm using it for the narrative of the discussion of it. You know what I mean? Like, you know... But the whole, but, but, but everyone in the wrestling community is going to be, uh, you know, helping out with problematic fucking people regardless. Like, er, er, like, like literally everyone in the, in, the, in the entertainment and political circles are all fucking, you know, compromised on some level. And it feels more, more, more obvious where now it's being used for the entertainment dollar. Instead of just telling you about the systemic fucking abuses, fraternity fucking rules that exist in the fucking system, they would fucking rather paint it up in a gimmick way so that everyone can fucking then ask questions about, like, you know, like the journalistic integrity and the logics of, like, a regular business business when those rules do not apply to these people. They just make it seem relatable so you can fucking go, okay, you can... Because cause everyone who's a regular person who's dealt with that kind of workplace harassment can definitely relate. That's why they always make it more relatable. So when people think that some of these people... So whenever like these victims have to go by the official narrative, even though the, the abuse is real... People will always point out, yeah, it sounds like she's, like, uh, you know, not, like, really, like, she's reading a script or something, like, you know what I mean, like, she's reading a script, she just not, she's memorizing a story, so they don't believe some of these people, but it's not, like, that they didn't go through it, it's that it didn't happen the way that it's being portrayed as, because they have to make it seem like it happened, like, in some type of, like, uh, like, you know, like, relatable fucking thing where regular people have dealt with that. They probably scout regular people's lives and go, okay, this is how it goes. So we, we, we don't have to fucking disclose that there's rituals and fraternity rules in this world. Anyways, um... Anyways, um... I'll move on to other things, man. I'm sure there'll be more shit fucking being promoted. Like, I, I always think of, like, these celebrities in general, like, in any, like, any entertainment institution, like, you know, are these, like, because, because it seems like more than ever, it's like, we live in a fundamentalist world 
where like in some in some way some people have to get married in some way or something like I, I'm not saying that there, that there aren't genuine marriages or any of that I'm not saying that at all but I'm saying with some of the celebrity shit like the like for example like like maybe Shotzi in, in Shotzi Blackheart maybe she genuinely like lives spontaneously where she gets married in Las Vegas and then uh, you know just goes and wrestles an event basically in her wedding dress. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Because, again, these people do not live by regular fucking rules. But then part of me wonders is, like, you know, since everyone is, like, designed to, like, have a social media storyline and just getting married randomly and all that, like, does that indicate that, like, she's marrying a handler or something like that? Because sometimes that could also be the fucking case in some of these showbiz relationships. They have a way of handlers inserting themselves to create more chaos in your fucking life. And that never ends up stopping. No one fucking gives a shit until, you know. But that's how cynical my fucking view is whenever anything becomes discourse. Because once something becomes, like, discourse or social media stuff, it's, like, it's designed to have, like, you know, continuous storyline in the discourse. Like, wherever Mercedes Monet or Sasha Banks goes, right, she'll always have, because her character now has backstage issues with the creative and people in charge, if she goes to AEW, she'll have that same shit played out down the line as well, because that's the fucking storyline they planted. Just like with Omega, when he, everyone was excited about AEW being created, they didn't really, after the Elite left New Japan, some of the people who only tuned in because of the elite in some way, because, you know, the American fans, like, may have, you know, started watching because of that. So not every single one. Some people have been entrenched into the entire scene. Whatever, right? But some, like, but, but because, like, I was one of those guys that kind of started... Well, I started getting into it, like, even before, like, the big, like, Kenny Omega blow-up and all that. Like, I was starting to get into it around, like, 2012, 2013 from watching on Daily Motion. Because someone would pull, because back then you couldn't access the fucking uh, G one shit, so what would end up fucking happening is uh, some somebody would. Uh, I think it was even the fish, uh, like you know, like you know, uh, an account that was actually connected with New Japan, but they uploaded like you know, like someone on Daily Motion. That's how I started watching it, and it was it was it was on. And because I, I'm not a guy that's grown up grown up on Meltzer, like I used to grow up on like random internet message boards. Maybe some of the messaging that Meltzer put out, like, you know, I've seen in time, whatever. But, like, you know, the, the reason why I started getting more interested in New Japan as well was MVP going to New Japan. But I didn't get to see more, a lot of his stuff. By the time I started watching, I he was, like, just basically, I think he was on his way out, kind of, in a way. And he was just doing, like, mul- like multi-man matches. And in, and in New Japan, like, those are just good showcase, but it can't really show what you can do. So I've never really seen, like, a lot of MVP stuff. But, like, me being a fan of him, I was interested in where he was going, so I kind of kept up a little bit with what was going on in New Japan because of uh, MVP a little bit. You know, the first Intercontinental Champion. You know. So, so yeah, so I, I don't know if, like... But, so, anyways, so what I'm saying is when, you know, Omega and them, like, left New Japan... And people in New, who are New Japan fans were pissed off about that. 
people didn't mind it at first because, you know, what they're called, they're going for to the new underdog company. And now that, like, like the same shit happened with the CM, like, something happened with the CM Punk shit, where I thought they were actually going to end up leaving AEW, you know, to kind of leave it hang, hanging dry, essentially. I thought they were going to carry that over, but, you know. Uh, and I don't know. Um, so, Mercedes Monet and WWE are done talks, maybe because she actually signed the contract. That's why they're done talks. But to me, it feels like an overly... Like, like, for example, they did the same thing with CM Punk. So people now think, oh, we're not falling for that one again. She's showing up in WWE, but maybe this one is actually like like legit and she's actually going to show up at World's End, maybe. WWE is promoting a, a former WWE champion. I just figured that was like a a former WWE champion. That must mean that it's gonna be, like uh, like you know a world champion. Like because again like you know I, that's what I assumed. Or maybe specifically the WWE World Championship. You know what I mean? Like the like the original the WWE title basically. Because 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 now it could be anyone who you know it, it could be like it could be literally anyone. You don't even know if it's a, if it, if it is a world champion. It could also be a woman too. But people, I think it could be Big E, maybe. I think Big E will return, most likely, in my personal opinion. Uh, um, I also think that um, it could be Batista, and they do a Hall of Fame announcement, like, you know, and the first one to be named and promoted. Even though, like, the last couple of years, they haven't really, like, done, like, the, the overly promotion that they used to do back in the day. Like, announcing it, like, you know, like, well in advance. I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, it is what it is. So we'll see what ends up happening with that, you know. I would love for Big E to come back. It's, it's, I think he's going to help, like, you know, Kofi Kingston with his feud with Imperium, I guess. Because they can't do, keep... Unless they want to do a Jane Kofi team randomly. I mean, if Biggie comes back, that could lead to Jay challenging uh, Gunther for, um, you know, for, for the IC title, basically. Jay would be my... Uh, ch if you're not going to use Ilya or... I, I was hoping that you use Gable to eventually beat him. But if you're going to, you know, because you call him main event Jay Uso, and you're obviously prioritizing him as an important piece, he would be a good person to win the title, but, you know... I was I was hoping maybe Gunther would keep it for Mania again and uh he'll keep it for Mania again and uh he would uh maybe face, you know, Okada or something like that. Or Brock Lesnar maybe. Maybe Gunther loses the title and then that's how he faces Brock Lesnar cuz I know Brock Lesnar can't God forbid Brock Lesnar pretends to give a fuck about the IC title. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just think that's, that's even more of an insult to Gunther in the way that, like, this guy is a, is a super heavyweight, and he can tell so credible that, like, he should be so, like, credible that, that, um, that, um, that Brock decides, hey, you know what? I never won this title. 
You know what I mean? I, I, I want to add more to my list, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it made the title seem even fucking bigger. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, I, I better start getting to the recap of Dynamite and Rampage. You know, um, let me, let me just let me mark the dates down. I, you know, it, it's it's hard being you know lonely during the holidays, man. Because you you know, because you get the bare min. You, they they treat you like a human being on the bare minimum, and like you know, that's why it's weird to go to a comedy bar. And, like, you know, actually have positive reaffirm, uh, like, um, you know, like, I'm sure that will change once, you know, the trolls uh, start fucking, you know, catching wind to try to harass me. That's why they're mentioning me on the subreddit. Any chance they get to mention me on the subreddit so they can all fucking just say the same stupid fucking jokes to reiterate that I live at home to fucking get at me and stuff like that. Sometimes it, it, it gets a requirement once a month to make mention of me on some... It's like, so I exist in the discourse. Whatever. Anyway, let me go to the Dynamite recap. Uh, Swerve versus Switchblade versus Monster off the show for the Gold League. Swerve tried it for a quick win while Switchblade was outside, so he and Mox went at it. Mox and Swerve, um, first second hand united against Switchblade, but that didn't last long as Mox dumped uh, Swerve over the guardrail afterwards. They brawled around the crowd, which kind of took me out of it because now it's like a random brawl when this tournament was has maintained a very a very ring heavy work basically. So the one cool thing about it was that that Swerve did a running knee to knock Mox off the chair. It didn't really need this in the match. Switchblade did a chop block. Um, Switchblade did chop block Mox's hurt knee. Had control over both of them in the match at one point. He uh, he and Mox go, uh, go um, he had Mox out of the match for a bit by doing a suplex into the guardrail. So it was just him and Swerve for like you know for, uh, for a little bit. So, so he kept mocked out of the match, which was smart. Like, I like that, you know, he's doing smarts to it, you know. This is why I would prefer, rather than the random brawling. Swerve sort of almost landed on his feet from missing a Fosbury flaw, but he still ended up getting a pump kick from the apron. Swerve um, sort of bit Mox's finger when he tried to flip him off. Swerve sort of got the diving uppercut to Mox's neck. Mox and Swerve were raking backs all through the match, too, as well. Uh, he stomped Switchblade's fingers when he was trying to get back in the ring, Swerve did. And he nailed him with a pump kick. Swerve got a, got Mox and Switchblade outside, and Swerve does a diving frog splash to bowl before the picture-in-picture. Picture. Mox had control for a good portion when they came back. He got a tope, he bit, he got a fucking pile driver on Swerve. He did the hammer and anvil elbows. He got a paradigm shift, or maybe it was a regular DT, but either way, Swerve kicked out of it. Switchblade introduced a chair to the match. This was fine, but this kind of... Underwhelming way to do the final match by going to the lazy hardcore elements. 
You know, I understand that maybe they should fucking, you know, implement a rule where somebody, where like, you know, white, this is a wrestling oriented thing. We maintain this kind of shit for a while. So if you get DQ, you get eliminated from the match. So you don't, you know what I mean? Like, like make it a fucking strict rule. Okay, so, yeah, so, uh, whatever, um, Swerve almost got Switchblade with the pinning combo, so they, uh, mixed, mixed it up at, uh, mixed it up at one point back and forth with the Slugfest. I did like how Swerve would fake out and get more strikes. He didn't get all the house call. He got a power slam, then a 450 before Mox breaks it up with a curb stomp. They're going at it in the ring during the next picture-picture, but this is what I wish I could see instead of all that hardcore shit. But they came back, and they still started doing a three-man battle in the ring where they would land a shot on each other. You know, you know, it just kept going on for a bit. Moth got a choke to counter the sleeper suplex, which Swiftblade got Swerve with. Swerve got, did a dope house call to Mox to break the bulldog choke. Mox nil Swerve with the King Kong Larry, and then Mox then kicks out of a Blade Runner. Then Switchblade brings in the chair, Swerve uh, threw Switchblade into the wedge chair, which was really nasty, and then he counters Mox's choke with a pinning attempt, and he slaps him back and forth, and the, the, the crowd eating this up at this point. He gets several pump kicks, uh, and then a massive discus lariat. Switchblade sends um, Swerve off the top um, before the diving storm, and then Switchblade, uh, um, you know, tried to go for the blade runner, but Mox got a King Kong lariat, and then the, the Death Rider for the win. I was glad Mox won and Swerve didn't get the pin, uh, didn't get pinned, but I didn't like the hardcore element of this match and it took away. But they did a good job with everything else and kept the crowd pumped. I think they wanted Swerve to win, but the the the, the just so Swerve can de- be derailed even more with the booking because you just can't build someone up anymore. You have to give them booking errors and setbacks. But this character is, is good at pivoting, but sometimes his booking doesn't do him any favors. Next time, I think they should opt for the finals to be a one-on-one because a three-way makes it possible to resort to hardcore laziness. But, I mean, in the end, it came out fine, you know. I expected Kingston to win since they did uh, this video package to hype up him and Brian and how Kingston never beaten Brian before. So they'll lead to believe that Brian would put him over. Put over Kingston. But then, uh, sort of cut a promo. This is what I mean when, they, when, when this guy needs to do a random pivot into a feud. He has to, like, put over the match. And it was like, in kayfabe, there were sports entertainment rules so that if he didn't win the tournament, he would have to come back there and pivot into being, um, in going to the find, to find Keith Lee. But it just, it just, it just bipolar booking for him to be in this tournament and then have to pivot into some random feud with Keith Lee. And the way they booked, and the way they booked this, it, it, it was just a random pivot. Like, they could have actually, like, you know, touched upon it. You know, I don't know. Or maybe you, you kept Keith Lee strong the whole time. Since you already had these guys doing the hardcore shit and no DQ, I would have just had Keith's presence there and not get involved and just start a, uh, stare a hole through him. And that will play a part of why he didn't focus enough on the match. I, I, I know my idea isn't any better, but Swerve basically talks about his... Uh, uh, you know, his arm falling off and putting over the mat and said that this is what the industry needed, a shot in the arm, and he meant that shit. And then he's talking about going to talk to that guy in collision, talking about brick by brick and ask who, he he asked, am I him? And, you know, 
It was like he was getting all his talking points so the internet doesn't complain. Like, yeah, I, I didn't get pinned by J, J, I didn't get pinned. Jay White did, but here's my feud with Keith Lee. Keith Lee wasn't there, so Tony had a contract to sign. Nana had to act like he didn't approve the contract, but Swerve still wants the match. So this is a random way to pivot. I only wanted Swerve to lose a tournament if he was gonna be in the uh, you know, be the one in a month or so to get the world title shot. But the concentration from the online community who helped book the creative online, they're more concerned with how to, how to book Tony Khan as a bad booker. Where they're, you're guessing what message board Deviant would do after sniffing too much fucking Adderall while remixing mistakes from fucking past bookers. And there'll be other examples of why this company is doing discourse booking, even though most people think the C2 stuff was the best stuff AEW has done. To make shit work, they had Tony Khan make a comparison to dumb down this Keith and Swerve feud by comparing it to the writing on Sopranos. He saw Keith's Swerve storyline kind of like the Russian subplot, which is supposed to be open-ended, but he wanted to pay it off. Like, the fucking comparison doesn't even make any fucking sense because he's implying that it was never supposed to be a big deal. But they had built a good anticipation with attention with Keith and Swerve. And, and they purposely botched it to solidify that they were never meant to uh, be this genuine tag team, etc. And it gives people the obvious complaint of them not doing shit with Keith Lee for months while kind of sprinkling that he that this feud is still kind of lingering. But they didn't keep Keith Lee, you know, hot, you know, uh, in, the, in the process. And even though Swerve feels like a big deal, his booking has also been questionable. And between bringing up cagematch.net into the discourse and making these stupid comparisons, it's like they're fucking up careers because the discourse has to be focused on Tony Khan and his inability to book when we know that isn't the fucking case. And you could have ended the show after Kingston versus Brian. I was surprised that Brian Kingston wasn't the main event. It should have been because I really didn't care for the Joe MJF stuff. I didn't want that storyline to be over with, but between both matches of the semifinals, it was like 15 minutes dedicated to uh, the semifinal matches of the tournament. And Eddie felt like a big deal in this match. They were feeling each other out um, before the match kept going. Eddie felt more motivated, felt more confident. He got a Saito and a Topi on Brian. Eddie kept uh, getting the best out of Brian for the first portion. But Brian stunned him with a DET on the apron and a diving knee. He kept leading him. He's a bum chant. And a lot of people were not really cheering for it. There were like a few, but more notable pro-Eddie chants taking uh, control. They were building the pace really, uh, um, pace, uh, you know, really, they're building the pace really well with Brian to talking shit until Kingston gets like exploded to shut him up. His back back was blocked, but he ended up getting a DET. He fires off machine gun chopper. Ultimately, Brian gets in back control. Roundhouse kick at while Kingston is in a trio wall position. Eddie did target the eye to reverse his back suplex. Um, they did a spirited battle chop ba battle, which I think. It takes too much to set up, and it doesn't come natural. But Brian did spin in his face to kind of bring it back more personal again. But then the chop battle go, you know, get out of control. Kingston ducks the final roundhouse kick that Brian was going for. Brian ends up missing Kingston in the corner with the drop kick and gets rocked with a lariat before the Northern Lights bomb. Eddie barely kicked out of a bicycle knee. Brian did the hammer and anvil elbows and then did the BCC stomps. Eddie uh, still flipped him off. Eddie back intercepted. Uh, Eddie's back fist intercepted a bicycle knee attempt. Then Eddie got a half and half. Brian got a roundhouse kick before Kingston got two back fists and a high stack pin for the powerbomb, the Kawada version. You know.
this is really good. The latter half of this tournament really put on some really good fucking matches. I wouldn't say this is my favorite match for the tournament, but it was still up there. This is a really solid story. I, I figured it would end with, it have to end with Kingston and Mox when this first started. And I wasn't too sure with how it was going. And they cut a promo after the match. And it tied back to the previous feud and their friendship. And it actually feels more like of a main event um, of the pay-per-view than the actual world title match itself. You know, um, I would go for it in the main event, but whatever. This is a really good match. Mox, Mox comes out, he tells Eddie that all he's ever asked of him every time he stuck his knuck out, uh, neck out for him and put everything on the line, and he's ever, all he ever asked is for 100% his best. For a guy who thinks the whole world's against him, Eddie sure does have a lot of people who love him. Everyone uh, loves Eddie Kings, and everyone at World End will love him. They don't care whether he wins or loses, but they deserve 100%. Problem is, you know, Moxley knows Eddie. He knows Eddie can't beat him, and Eddie knows that too. He's already lost, already given up, already making excuses. A couple of years ago, he let him off the hook. This time, he'll not get um, one single favor. If he wants to be champion like his heroes, he'll have to earn every inch. Eddie, and, then, and then Eddie fucking cuts him off and says he's talked enough. And he goes, don't come out here and treat him like his young, uh, that Moxley's young boy, bitch, Yuta. He's not a young boy. He's He basically reminds us, Moxley, that he's John Senpai. Uh, Senpai. Because he said, you're, he's, he's lucky that um, he lets him uh, breathe. He's right, though. Um, Eddie does hate himself more than anyone else, but on Saturday, the king of bums is going to push uh, um, John Moxley. And he goes, Moxley told him one time when he wanted to quit, the, when he wanted to quit, that Eddie's not allowed to quit because AEW needs people like him around. And he goes, if this is what Mox wants, he'll give it, his, um, he'll give it all he's got. He'll show, um, you know, his fighting spirit. He'll bust Mox up, and, he, and he's going to enjoy it. And then he tells the producer it's an outline. Yeah, this is a really good fucking promo. This is probably the most hype I felt for Kingston in a bit. I didn't do it justice. I like because I, 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 I paraphrase a lot of it. I like the tie back to the first feud back three years ago, and it felt like the final promo before you know someone's going to be made officially. You know what I mean? Like you know, in in an official capacity in a in a big company. Kingston felt like a big deal, and even though he's, like, struggled more than his peers, I like that he mentioned that he was Mox's senpai, you know what I mean? Because he has been around for a long time, and that's some new cat, you know? I love the admission of hating himself because a lot of us mentally ill people feel that way. But this was a good setup for the match, and it felt like a big-time feel for it. I really do think Kingston has to win this match, but who knows, you know? If, if anyone other than Mox was in the finals, I would say they would, uh... They should win, but this feels like a way to solidify Kingston as a triple count champion. It also feels like a way for them to like make Kingston stand out in their own version of G1 because he didn't get to stand out as much as I thought he would in New Japan. But I'm glad they opted for this for, for the final match. Now, you know, all this could have been, you know, been the show and this would have been great, but we had to deal with other shitty creative discourse rather than making compelling fucking storylines because we need to sell the nature of anything can happen even though injuries and setbacks are planned in my personal fucking opinion. So we're, um, again, the, 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 not everything that I'm going to recap is going to be horrible and that. Just some of the, like, the ones that are, like, you know, it's like really, no, it's really notable. So Renee is going to interview Mariah May, and then um, you know Renee wants to ask about the attack May did. Mariah May did last week, 
and Bryant uh, basically kind of like, you know, like, she has, she basically goes, okay, Renee, how are you? Because she's getting on Renee's case for not fucking, you know, asking, you know, more questions like, oh, how are you doing? Like, she just wants to know the business, right? So then she gets ready to announce that when she'll make her, um, she wants to make her announcement of when she's going to make her debut. And she said that 2023 had bad energy, so her match will take place next week in 2024. And she says 2024 is all about uh, all about May. The fact that she's saying that's all about her will be something that will be used when she turns on Tony. And it feels by her stating that she's not intending on being a fangirl. Because if she, if, if she was, then she would have been hyping up and pressing Tony more than it being about her since she's playing a fangirl. Then Rio shows up and chases Mariah to the ring. And then Tony shows up and they brawl. Luther eventually carries her away. Not the best built match. It's not supposed to be this great compelling story, I guess. But they could ha- have Rio do some titles to cut promos. Like, you're really going to have, you know, WWE outdo you in the in how to present a foreign talent? Because seeing how they're using Nakamura for promos for no company should be lacking on that now. And it actually shows you what WWE is actually capable of when they actually want to present someone as their fucking best. But this is supposed to be a standard defense against someone, and I wish they had more creative going in than just, you know, but this is how they book the woman most of the time now. Top Flight um, uh, and Action Jr. are actually saying they came up, came up, um, came up short against the acclaim, but they're just getting started. They want to throw a challenge. And then Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and Trent Better come in. And then Orange Cassidy does the same thing. with okay, okay, he knows what they're doing. Because if they want action, they'll see him next, you know, see him, uh, not next week. Uh, they'll see him, uh, you know, on Rampage. And Rocky makes mention that Orange Cassidy did the same thing to him before. And he's crazy. They, they did a segment so Andretti can show more personality by drinking water from a bottle. While crinkling it up really fast. This is probably his most notable thing he's done since beating Jericho, like, as, like, a, a character. Not that he hasn't had a good match or anything like that, but, you know. This has this probably become the new yodeler gimmick, basically. There's a pro Miro setting up, uh, you know, uh, wanting to go after Andrade. It was like some of the events basically wants to match a world's end. It was like a promo package. He, who, who knows if Andrade's staying, but, you know, that, that, that's been his gimmick the last five years, wanting to leave companies. It's the only internet discourse they can book for the guy. But apparently he is, like, leaving tonight, basically. And people also think Miro is also going to be leaving as well. So people are making, you know, uh, Goldberg and Brock comparisons, basically. The Don Callis promo, you know, Don Callis has something important to say. He's been here, um, uh, he's, there's been a lot of family stuff going on. He wants to say it's been difficult for the past two weeks. He, and then he unveils, like, large photos of, like, everyone from here. Like, you know, like, I, I thought they were AI photos, but I think he has to get the real artist fucking to do it. There's one with Callis and Hall with Don wearing a fucking bandana like Tupac. He has one chilling with Takashi, while Takashi has a sword. And then the last one was him and Fletcher fighting kangaroos in Australia. Like, you know, these are, these are pure my ideas right here. That You know, the final photo, uh, you know, is not fucking being shown. And he said that Don Fowles, uh, you know, family is complete. Then Sammy interrupts. He's being welcomed to join the celebration. Don says, like, Christmas. But Sammy stops him. Says it's a long, it's a long time, no talk. And Don claims he sent him something for his kid. He, he, and then he keeps reiterating that he, he, he sent something, you know. 
Dolph said he had a pick for Sa- uh, for Sammy. Didn't know if he was gonna be here. He's been carrying. He's been carrying out for two months because he didn't know how he would uh, show up to, when he would show up to work. He tells Sammy to, to like you know look at the photo, you know the p- painting, and Sammy removes removes the fucking cloth from it, and it's just a whole family with Sammy holding his baby, and Sammy is mad that you know that uh, Don put his baby in that, and Don says Sammy isn't mentally capable of being a parent. He said he needs to worry about leading leading the group. So, no, Sammy says that Don Cal needs to worry about leading the group. Like, Hobbs beat Jericho, Takashita beat Omega twice. But no one remembers because Callus makes it everything about him. And Sammy never got a message from Callus while he was out. And then, uh, you know, Don Callus, you know, says Sammy is disappointed that Don didn't call. Says Sammy is disappointed that Don didn't call, but he's disappointed that Sammy dropped the ball when he got hurt and blew his opportunity. He's upset Sammy didn't show up for five months because he was hurt and having babies. You know what I mean? It's really... Don Callis is basically playing of what promoters basically do back in the day, or even now maybe. Sammy has a choice, either choose the other family or the Don Callis family. He tells Sammy that he'll be as much a disappointment as a parent as he was a wrestler, and Sammy then busy shoves him down. Hobbs and Takashi attack him, Jericho runs down with his bat, and then they fucking, you know, they all leave, and Jericho swings a bat at all the fucking glass photos, and then he lets Sammy, you know, get the last hit. They hug it out, and Starks and Bill show up, and they attack, and then Darby and Sting show up, and then the lights go, uh, the lights are back on. I think that I predicted that Sammy would return and, and join Jericho, and I said this half-assed because I was hoping they would prove me wrong. I thought maybe they would maybe get Enzo so we could get another discourse wrestler in there. But I know they have, you know, it, 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 it would have fit with, with, with what Enzo's accused of and what Jericho is fucking accused of. You know, but apparently the see the Enzo once again that was always designed to be like a mister like, oh like oh like uh, people are gonna assume that he's guilty, but then there's evidence that you know uh, that like you know like it was because he didn't tell WWE because he's not guilty, but to me you know it it, it feels like you know an initiation into the game. I'm sure he'll have like more accusations as well. That's how it always ends up. Mm, I don't know. I thought maybe they would get uh, so yeah so um but I, I know I, I know they have a they have a segment on Rampage to explain why they're back on the same track but I really think since Sammy has been gone they didn't want to just bring him back into the full I think that he'll turn heel again and this is another one of Don Callis's plots I don't know how many times like you you can do breakups and reunions but they're working on 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 the fucking record with these two the match with pay an eight man tag or some shit. Thing is, if they have to book like they were uh, taken aback by the trans, what was transpiring, and even though it, like that, even like, even that feels forced. You know what I mean? Like, I I just feel like that shit feels fucking forced by like making it seem like it's so random because it took them by surprise. So they have to, you know. I like I like the Don's paintings and all of that, you know, and I did like that he hyped up the Boxing Day special because you know that's Canadian Black Friday. Apparently, it's every it's it's in different countries as well. I thought only Canada had Boxing Day. 
Even though we have Black Friday here too, I know. But the segment was random, and it feels like even acknowledging that they're dropping the ball with the clash on Hobbs, but they still will fucking keep doing it. I just didn't care about a lot of the segments. This is why I hate when companies become discourse companies. Everyone ha- has to have booking errors nonstop, and it feels like you are constantly building people up to drop them again and do it over and over. I really don't care about anything about this fucking storyline. There's more creative focus on Cornette's fucking gimmick lawyer. I thought everyone did well in the segment, but I, I'm seeing, seeing these reunions and breakups too many times. And now the possibility of Sammy even turning on Jericho to go back to being heel will be another shitty decision on the purpose. This is why I don't get excited for the obvious shit. The booking is designed to be kayfabe so AEW can be on the worst of list that will exist. Since most of the part, since the most part, WWE has been like, you know, the worst of list for the last several years compared to AEW. So now we have to have like, you know, these things happen so everyone like, you know, can like, you know, like, you know how every company has like horrible writing that they've done that hasn't gone anywhere and they need to come like, like AEW needs their list of fucking horrible run storylines throughout the evening we saw Christian waiting for Edge to come um, you know backstage for the sit down and he shoots on Lexi for not being Renee he's waiting in several seconds backstage for this face to face the final time they told Edge is here and then when they come back from commercial Edge uh, keeps complaining about about being here and waiting for Edge and Edge attacks them and they brawl and a bunch of lower car guys break it up in the hallway. While I was doing this portion, the trolls moved my cursor two times, even when writing the sentence down because they're a low life piece of this shit. Um, I had to mention that this was basic, but it was fine. I think I needed a, a one promo from Edge in the in the ring about his reaction to not winning the title, but it's fine. They've savored most of it, not over and didn't overdo it, and they could have done more, but before the brawl. Much more before the brawl, but I'm still looking forward to the match, I guess. Uh, Sky and Stat had a match, and Stokely was on commentary for the match. Statlander got the best of her, um, Statlander got the best of her until Sky got a slap on Statlander, mom, and Statlander got multiple body slams. Statlander cartwheeled out of her head scissors. Stokely was hyping up Statlander like he's courting her, but I've seen this routine times, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's either bringing someone else in or he's siding with Willow, I don't know. Tyler did a uh, standing vertical. Sky does a raising a rising knee strike and a pump kick. She planted her down face first. They worked hard to get people into this. The crowd picked up halfway through, but the crowd was a little low energy. And Statlander did the corner attack. She gets an uppercut running knee. She did de- deadlift German. Sky got a roundhouse kick, and her code blue was kicked out of. Statlander got Sky, and she was doing the um, going to powerbomb Sky, but Sky rolled through. But Statlander maintained control for a powerbomb. Sky was uh, feigning an injury in front of the ref, and Julia gets involved to neutralize Statlander and let Sky do an avalanche code blue for the win. The heels attack Statlander and Willow eventually shows up to help out. And this is the same formula, but at least one from Rampage. Willow and Stat set up a match on the pre-show, which means that the angle will play out with one either one of them going heel or someone new debuting. I, I think Camille will probably debut, maybe. Abaddon came out afterwards to get Julia's face, and then they kind of walked uh, off the ramp. Julia, hold on a second, uh... Like, walked by the... I don't know, walked up the ramp. I don't know, walked off the ramp. That'd be weird. I guess they had they, they had to, like, you know, uh, plug this match, match somehow and let Abaddon make the save or let Julia, you know... You could have had Julia have her own segment, but to cut to cut a promo for the final sell, but whatever. 
I wonder if Stokely will be the one who's behind Mercedes Monet, maybe coming to AEW, and he's gonna be her manager, which would be you know, which would be dope, I guess. Who knows? So they're already uh, hitting at Mercedes and WWE not having talks, and it ended. You know, ended that CM Punk is back, so people think the same thing could be. It could be red herring, and this time it could be legit. But they love playing with the emotions, so who knows though? I thought the match was fine, but they they keep fucking um you know. They keep fucking with my cursor more than usual during this recap for some reason. One of my trolls' family probably despises them more than people in my life despise me. And they hate that I haven't lost my mind completely. And they're kind of such narcissistic assholes. Shitheads. They're trying to get mentioned on a podcast by being fucking stalkers who got their assholes tattooed by fucking white supremacist symbols. Or no, white supremacist, but, you know, white... They, they got tattooed... I, I botched it, but who gives a shit? The fucking, the, they're, they're fucking assholes. You know what? They, they don't even deserve acknowledgement. They deserve me botching a fucking joke on them because they're not worth it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I mean, this wasn't really a joke, but I, I, I made a mistake, but, you know, they're probably going to have like, oh, he fucked up on that one too. Ooh, we're going to move his cursor, make him more suicidal. There's another one of those sports entertainment segments with Ruby and Soraya and she wants to give Ruby a gift and she brings in Harley Cameron and Ruby doesn't feel good about this and she leaves to talk to Parker on the phone and Soraya tells Harley to do the thing and then Harley just pulls out a fucking knife and Soraya's like, didn't mean that but she was scared but I, I want more, more Harley on camera but do we have to do more shitty sports entertainment with her? I don't know where the fucking, where, where this is going but I'm not interested in, in any of it because it's designed to be shitty sports entertainment shit. There's a Roddy segment where he's doing conspiracy bullshit about MJF being the, um, the devil and points to different people who are not the devil, like Hangman, Page, Sean Dean, Swerve with the bad teeth. All road lead to Max being the devil. He's going to prove it tonight or tomorrow. And he'll eventually be exposed and keep screaming that Max is the devil. I just want the storyline to be over with already. And it feels like, you know, we're going to find out that the... Like, we're going to find out who's behind it. Like, we're going to find out who who's behind it. Behind it, because like I said, the Tribune article put over people in AEW. He admitted he was hurt. He could mean, um, you know, he could mean all all of that. But since we think jumping from company to company is not kayfabe, that show will make him look like a hypocrite, and it would make Tony Khan the worst bro- Booker. But you know, but why would you want someone to be buried on their way out? Like that's a Vince McMahon shit. It's like Tony Khan will give you the accolades and not use you, but not use you to your best ability. And that's what MJF and Stark's reign remind me of. Like, for MJF, they have used him properly with the title for the first few months, and then the latter portion fell off. I think, I, I think officially it fell off. People will say at the beginning of the Adam Cole storyline, I think they maintained fucking good interest with that. I think after the fucking um, all-in, I think the title reign has kind of fell off for me in that regard. And yeah, so the latter portion fell off a cliff with these setbacks, and it feels by design that MJF didn't want to extend, so they came up with this half-assed angle for something to play out. So MJF comes out, the masked men come out while the lights were, you know, out, and they uh, came from the crowd. Joe's unable to compete because they attacked him backstage. You see him laid out, so MJF had to fend these guys off by taking the match. MJF had control, but they got the best of him. MJF screams, and people want to know who these pieces of shit is. And he tries to get something from under the... Uh, uh, he tries to, like, unmask him. And someone from under the ring hit MJF with a lead pipe. 
behind the ref's back, and the Heat Seeker was hit by one of the masked men in the match, and the heels win, and we don't know who the champions are. And then Joe hobbles out to the ring with a chair to scare away the henchmen. The devil shows up. The script says, pleasure doing business with you. And then Joe hits MJF with a chair. He gives him the muscle buster to close the show. And then he shows off with the title. I like the ending to show us that at least MJF is on the devil unless he's playing Nathan Felder mind games. But this angle has been doing poorly. And I already said the people complaining the most are the ones who come up with shitty internet discourse. I thought this was one of MJF's worst matches, and maybe all of this has been getting used to, you know, he maybe this is him getting used to WWE booking tropes, and that's why, you know, I keep thinking he's leaving. He'll probably flourish if he does leave. But I really think this is the end of him in this company. They didn't have to close with this, you know what I mean? Kingston versus Bryan could have been the main event. There are more to that than this main event angle, but at least we know Joe is, is, is like actually like, you know, working with the, with the devil. So I have no idea how it'll play out, whether it's Cole, Britt. But I'll say Tony Khan will probably be the one who makes his television debut of being a fucking heel authority figure. I'm glad at least we found out that part of the mystery, even if I, I've not been feeling a lot of this storyline. And I feel like this is supposed to represent Tony Khan booked MJF this way before he actually leaves, even if he... Uh, even if we don't think it's possible that he is leaving. If he does, it shows that they had sort of MJF confrontation for nothing. The only positive is that Joe's gonna, you know, uh, you know, that Joe's gonna win this title, I guess. But I can't say that the angle at the end was really worth it. The ROH title feels devalued, feels like a prop. Now we don't know who the champions are. People assume it's Bennett and Taven, most likely, but who knows? I didn't care about the angle. It could be Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, maybe. I don't know. Uh, let me let me go uh, with the rampage. I'm going to go, go, go with this cookie. Jericho talked about the eight-man tag at World's End. This is the first time Jericho and Sting will team up and call Sammy uh, out to iron, you know, to get their differences out. Jericho asked Sammy why he turned him after the match at Grand Slam last September, and Sammy blamed Jericho for his lack of success. He looked inward and realized he was holding himself back, and Sammy apologized. And Jericho apologized for being controlling and maybe pushing him in the wrong direction. So like he's, so Sammy said that he thinks that this was going on. And Jericho then confirmed that it was going on and apologized for that. So Sammy has a right to be mad. So again, even more, you know. Anyways, so Don Cal takes advantage of young guys with confidence issues, but Jericho believes in Sammy. Jer again, this is funny coming from Jericho, right? Jericho asks uh, Sammy to reunite the sex gods. And then they'll cash in on the, the guaranteed tag title shot. And then, of course, you know, uh, you know, Sammy agrees to this and hugs with him. And then later on, Cal's family and Bill starts cut a promo with the eight-man tag. And it just dawned on me that Hobbs and Starks are on the same team, despite having hatred for each other. But it was a basic promo to set this shit up. It was supposed to be Kyle Fletcher, but they opted to go with uh, Takash on Hobbs. Which makes sense, because they, they've been teaming. I still think Sammy is uh, rejoining the faction, and they just wanted uh, him to come back in a more memorable discourse way if he does go back with them. Either way, they did an okay job justifying why Sammy is back with Jericho. This is what it really is. Garcia and Bernard to vow, uh, revenge, they vow revenge on House of Black. So I guess they're officially good guys, considering Garcia is going to be on the baby, baby, baby face side of the eight-man tag with the other competitors in the C2. Because that match is happening. And Rouge is on the heel side, so I guess they opted to go back that route. Ruby beat Marina uh, and, and during the match. Nyla got into it with Soraya. Harley Cameron got involved, but Nyla just dropped her easily. 
I, I still didn't know what the storyline's supposed to fucking be. I honestly, I really don't know. Stokely fueled the flame to get Willow and Stanton to have a match with each other. And they actually agreed, but like in a friendly way. And it gives you the impression that Stanton might turn heel. I, again, like I said, I think either Willow goes with Stokely or it's going to be someone that takes care of both of them. Yuta beat Slade down a pure rules match. It was fine. I guess you needed Yuta to start a defense and get a defense out of the way. Because you'll probably lose the FTW rules match. And they'll probably be on the pre-show. Dan Housen comes out and talk about Hook for a sec. Uh, talk, talk shit for Hook against Yuta. And Yuta drops him into the hammer and anvil elbow. And then the Hook makes the save. And Andretti and Top Flight beat Best Friends in a pretty good match. I'm surprised they won. But I guess they are building more momentum and continuing their presence in the trios division. So that's going to be it for me, you know, um, it's like almost, I, I, God, I don't even know if uh, the fucking pre-show's on now already. Oh, it started at 6.30, okay. Right. MGM, you just don't Peace out. Action.